Golf Degenerates podcast this week for some world technology, Mayakoba Classic. We're just going to call it that because that's the name I like to call. All these name changes piss me off. Let's just go Mayakoba, OHL. That was easy. Worldwide technologies, whatever. It's in Mexico. As usual, I am here with everyone's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tamblyne. Tyler, I forget who you work for. Yeah, I know. It's hard to tell, right? I got the company gear in, the Run Pure Sports setup, so I'm excited about that. We'll pump that later. There's a lot going on over there. DGen 50. Get yourself signed up. Got to plug it right now, actually. But, Kenny, you're right. Maybe we call it the OHL. Maybe we go back. Everyone's on the web.com tour. We'll just make everything simple. Back when times were simple, right? We love that stuff. And last week, man, was absolutely atrocious. What a disaster of a week at the Bermuda Championship. I'm actually surprised you showed up for work here but before we get into it want to remind everyone very quickly this podcast show is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. we'll get to the promo later definitely have a nice special offer there for you and then want to remind you definitely using this tool this week fantasynational.com slash fgd get yourself set up for 20 percent off your first month if you don't already have it and dig into the stats with us but kenny bermuda championship the the wave advantage the disaster that was like I even wave stacked and still didn't get there. It's just how bad certain spots were. And it's hard not to considering how the waves went, but it was still five out of sixes for me, all that stuff. So it was not a good PGA week for me. Yeah. Uh, another runner up in the betting market for me, Patrick Reed, I think, what is that? Like 16 now in the last 53 events. Uh, how is that even possible? Like how do you have 16 runner up bets? in like 50 plus events. It doesn't make any sense. It's probably harder to do that than win like five. It's crazy. I mean, like, I don't understand. But anyways, uh, you know, for me, DFS wise, not great. I went three or four in my cash game, Cornerstones, Lipsky. He missed the cut. The issue, of course, was he shot 65 this morning in the Monday queue uh, to make the fucking, um, oh, damn it. I said a bad word again. That's another dollar in the the swear jar. Um, In the... um, in the qualifier this morning for the Mayakoba. Uh, and so that made me angry. Uh, and then also my last move, my tinker at like one o'clock in the morning on Thursday morning was switching off Whaley in cash to Duffner. It was just a horrible week. It didn't work well. Now, the only good thing is NFL have been crushing. Uh, I need Patrick Mahomes to get about 17 more rushing yards. I have the Pat Mayo special. Uh, bet tonight, uh, Patrick Mahomes over 20 and a half yards. Uh, so I need that to make it a perfect NFL week for me. So, uh, you know, all the, the bankroll, I'll actually be a winning week in DFS and betting, uh, if, if he pulls this off. So, uh, you know, so it, it worked out all right with the NFL. Um, now for the event itself, I mean, Penrith, what it was a little bit different than the way we normally figured it would play out. Uh, this event, the Bermuda, usually you see some. Some guys out there, shorter guys, popping it out there and doing their thing, hitting a lot of fairways. Well, it was a bunch of bombers on top. You saw Danny Lechambeau, uh go out there and just doing some bombing, crazy swings like Bryson and working. I mean, he was crushing the ball uh, out there. He had a little mini brain fart, literally like a three-hole 
brain fart from like 12, 13, 14, where he like, I think his like soul left his body and was watching from above and just seeing like what he was doing. Like, I have no idea. He was playing so fast. Like, I, I respect quick play, but like not when you're like in the lead and need like important shots. He's out there, you know, hitting three wood off the fucking fringe. Oh God, I said it again. Off the fringe. And then uh, going out there, you know, and banging it by 10 feet. There's some crazy stuff out there. It was, it was insane. And then, like, he just got back to normal and played really well for the last four or five holes to almost get him back into, into contention. Um, and then Pendrith, who just, just you know, he, he blew it. Uh, just like, you know, the Redskins kicker's name, blew it, who was just kicking balls into the back of people's helmets. Uh, all day while Dustin Hopkins, who he got rid of, went over to uh, the Chargers and made every field goal for the whole game because that's how my football team rolls. Um, and, and he blew it. He played pretty well. And then Herbert out there, you know, they're all longer hitters. Uh, not really what I expected for the event, um, but it worked out. And, of course, I had Pendrith after round one. Uh, he was basically the only one who played the morning wave who was in contention. Um and I got him a 40 to one after the first day. So another, you know, heartbreaker after he's a three shot lead after the third round. And again, I think no one has held a third round lead since Phil Mickelson at the PJ championship. Am I correct about that? I think I am. Uh, so yeah, uh, so I, it was a good event. You saw Whaley out there, uh, you know, uh, Russell Knox having a good Sunday, uh, Stallings great Sunday. Um, uh, I like Adam Svensson a little bit and, you know, guess who's on his bag. This week, little little Ted Scott, oh, uh, Bubba's Bubba's caddy or, or ex caddy now on Svensson's bag at sixty three hundred dollars this week. I'm in, I'm in. Um, also one hundred fifty to one. I'll take it. Throw me show. Maybe throw a top twenty up in there. Uh, but you know, we'll see how that goes. And of course, you got JT with Bones. So a couple of old school caddies switching it up. Uh, you know, uh, for this event. What you think of the uh, event this past week? It was terrible. Absolutely horrible. Just in general. I don't know, like one of the worst of the year, probably. But a couple things. Yeah, I think he's going to change his name. Long Dong Danny Lee. Break the cliches. You know, roll that out. He's That sounds racist racist right there. Long Dong Danny Lee. That sounds a little racist. That sounds a little If you hit a home run, it's a dong. A long dong. A little little racist there. No, no. (laughs) He's taking it the wrong way. And maybe it's because the cliche is true. I don't know. We'll have to see. You know, I'm not going to find out, but maybe it's true. But uh, yeah, anyway, you got P. My guess is it's not Long Dong, if it's anything like me. (laughs) That's what I was thinking more so. Um, Dong, Long, Long Dong, whichever you like. P. Reed, P. Rogers, couple guys up there. We say, you know, Noto, my guy at Roto Grinders, I always used to say, don't play Patrick Rogers on Bermuda. I guess you can play him at Bermuda, though. That was a close call, very close call. Uh, You know, Port Royal Golf Course, couple of PRs up there. P. Reed, Patrick Rogers trying to get it done. you've You've heard the Patrick Rogers story, right? Which like, one? like he had the whole like he had the like I don't know birdie eighteen on. Oh some, yes, this is like, incredible. So man. you yeah. tell the story. I'm not, I don't know the exact story, but like he had he had some crazy amount of yeah. pressure just to make it back onto the PGA Tour this year. A few weeks ago, uh, was it the Corn Ferry Finals? Corn Ferry Tour like? Championship. Yeah. yeah. So they they talked about it. it was in the last you know the second last hole I believe it was hole seventeen. He was cruising along. He basically just needed to make a couple of pars and get out of there, and and then obviously he needed a birdie after the fact of what ended up happening, but this is it. He goes out of bounds or, or not out of bounds. He thought it was out of bounds. 
they go looking for it to try and help it. His partner, I forget the name of his playing partner, but did everything he could to possibly help. Like people knew what it was and they were out looking for this ball. And with two seconds left, when he, when he found it, he asked the guy, so what's the time? He said two minutes, 58 seconds. And you of course have three minutes to find it. He said he made the best save from there that you possibly could have with what was on the line saves par goes on to birdie the last and get in and he's all set to roll i can't remember if he had to birdie birdie last or was just the par but he had to do what he had to do to get out if he didn't par that he wasn't making it though and that was the way they framed it up kenny was just perfect because they said that's the difference between grinding it out and back to the scratch and go back to the beginning or being on the tour playing for millions of dollars and then coming in fourth at the bermuda championship which is a nice little paycheck there if you check it out i, I didn't see it but uh, it's definitely decent coming in fourth the points that he gets out of this that will pay off later in the year and he's a damn good golfer it's tough everybody out there is good we know patrick rogers is good hasn't lived up to the hype i think they showed it, it was like 193 events or 195 without a win and still winless it's tough to win out there though man we're going to talk about it this week uh you know no one needs to pump this guy up rick gaiman i'm not sure if you watch this yet though the rick gaiman with victor hovland interview was absolutely phenomenal. And again, everyone knows this stuff. If you're watching this, you definitely probably follow Rick, but go, if you haven't checked that out or you thought, ah, it's just an interview, it's only 30 minutes, put it on 1.5. It's phenomenal. Victor Hovland is super sharp and he said it himself in there and took a bunch of takeaways from that personally, but just in general, he said, man, it's hard to win out here. He said, when I go back and look at Christmas time and the end of December and look at my year and look back, He's like, I just want to see if I had some good finishes, like better than finishing T42 and built my way up the board. It's so hard to win out here. And that's the case for Patrick Rogers. So that story is phenomenal. I think it was uh, Monday Q info who retweeted or quote tweeted the story of one of the guys. And he also had another tidbit last week, Patrick Flavin, uh, myself, Sky, Skyler Hook, Skyhook DFS. We were playing him back at the Outlaw Tour stuff and playing in those DFS events over on DraftKings during when coronavirus had first started off. Oh, you got the Outlaw Tour sweater on today. Rock, rocking the Outlaw Tour. Nice. Yeah, so anyway, they had it. They had the tidbit on Flavin. He was 200 to 1, and I think he was 8 to 1 on a top 20. I took both of those later on in the week. It wasn't nothing special, but just to say, like, it was kind of fun. And there was another story on him that all his boys roll out oh, like, yeah. a bunch of money. Bets. They, they, yeah, yeah. they put enough money so they can win 100K. Again, it's not that hard to do when you got a bunch of guys and 200 to 1 odds, but mm. still, that's kind of fun. He was showing off uh, pictures of the group chat of everyone rooting for this guy. I mean, that'd be incredible. I think that's a great way to do it. Uh, who cares if you even know the guy or not? I just think it's kind of funny. We could get to, we could do that any given week and say, let's try and put together enough guys to win big on a dude and, and go after it. Cause it's kind of fun that way. But yeah, over, again, the event didn't do it for me. Herbert, good for him. Definitely a great golfer. I, I was anticipating Ryan Baroff being on the show with me this week because I thought you were going to pack it in after just another second place, the way the week went. And you texted early in the week and you said, I'm not doing this one. I'll see you later. Then you said, actually, it's, it's the Mayakoba. I kind of like this one. So you're back, but uh, he would have a lot more to talk about with Lucas Herbert. And then you've got Hebert over there. The, there's a couple different guys in that Euro tour tour and, and some other guys in this field this week, a little Kyle Stanley action, talk about our bets later. But I was, I was thinking, very please don't myself. tell me you're betting Kyle Stanley. Maybe please, not, but please uh, don't tell me you're betting. Right, we'll, we'll scratch them off the list, put them under the secret, <laughs> under the secret bets. No, we'll, we'll revert one of the secret bets and put them in there. You know, it wasn't the best field. I, I was still in it because, you know, I had the sweats. I had the sweats going into Sunday, uh, actually late in the Sunday with Pendrith and, and Reed. So, you know, I was fully involved. Uh, and then you had Jim Canals, uh, another story out there on his last major medical start needed to finish what? 
67th or better. I think he made the cut like on the number or something like that. Pulled out like a 57th place. Uh, and now he has his card, at least temporary card for the tour and full card for the Corn Ferry Tour. So a lot, a lot of great stories uh, that happened during the event. And so, you know, I, I, I actually like that part better, though, to be honest. That's what that is the cool part of what you get about an event like this. We know these guys and we watch them play all the time. We use them in daily fantasy. We're talking about them degenerates on the podcast here. We're playing all these dudes eventually at some point throughout the year. You had, uh, you know, JJ Spawn, Peter Malnati. These are guys we're always rolling out there and playing as the value punts or whatever into our lineups. But there is, like you said, a lot of great stories around these guys as golfers, as humans in general, and that you get to see some of that stuff. That, to me, was way cooler than any of the coverage or watching it or, or seeing how it shook out in the end. I know for you, trying to hang on to that Patrick Reed, thought he was just going to end up getting it on other guys not getting it done and pull it off that way, but it just didn't turn out in the end. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. It didn't, it didn't pan out, so another runner-up for me. Hooray. one nothing. That, that's why it's hard to get 10 winners in the year. Awesome, I'll tell awesome. you later why it might be easy, but that, that is why it's hard to get 10 winners. Hey, I had six winners in 10 weeks in the fall of 2019. So it can happen. Awesome. It can happen. I'm not even sure I got 10 wins that year, though, that season. But anyways, anyways, and the goal the goal is 10. You got to have a, a high goal to try and reach it. You know what I'm saying? So I have one this year, four runner-ups, one winner, six events. So far this season, yeah, screw that. No, actually, I want to. I'm going to say it one time. Fuck that. All right, now that's three dollars in the swear jar uh, today. So I'm, I'm going a little bit overboard. But let's, Masters let's, Fund, the Masters yeah, Fund. Yeah, yeah. Mayo just, knows just, now. He's looking forward just, to your just, arrival. Just put it. Yeah, just put it in there. Um, now, all right. So let's go to this week. Then we have the. I forget what the name. The uh, the Worldwide Technology Classic. Uh, this week from El Camillion. It's called the El Camillion. That'd be uh, that's a great name for an event. El Camillion Classico. You know what I'm saying? That would I'll be straight. I would love it. It, it, it would be awesome. Uh, it's at Mycobo, of course, the resort. 132 golfers around there uh, in the field. Our top 65 ties make the cut. Uh, it's been played at El, Camille, El Camillion since uh, but 2007. So plenty of course history here. Uh, you know, not. You know, throughout the years, there haven't been too many first-time winners. Uh, you know, and veterans have really dominated this winner's circle. Ten of the last 13 winners uh, have been over the age of 30. Uh, but experience at this course doesn't look like a precursor to success, as four of the last nine winners won on their first time playing this course. Um, you know, even short-term horrible course history doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. As I saw last year with Victor Hovland, uh, who missed a cut uh, the, the two years prior before winning. Um, you know, the course doesn't necessarily favor Bombers uh, off the team. You know, I think the only ones that were in the top 100 that have won here in the history in driving distance, um, Harris English, Pat Kazire, Charlie Hoffman, and Hovland last year. Um, you know, the course played a little bit longer the year English won because – it was uh, really, really wet. Uh, the, the winning score usually uh, around the high teens, so birdies are a must. But with all the trouble uh, around the course, the layout can play tough, especially if the wind blows hard. The median uh, cut line score here over the years is minus one, so it's not like a cakewalk. It's not like it's going to be simple uh, out there for these guys. Uh, you know, the course, of course, is situated on the Caribbean Sea. Uh, definitely a chance for wind. Now, the thing is, you know, as you get a little bit, I'll, I'll explain this a little bit more later, but the wind doesn't quite as affect the course as much as it could at the Bermuda Championship we saw last last week. 
not quite as open, but if it blows, it, it could be a little bit tough. You know, some correlated courses uh, uh, of to uh, El Camillon is uh, TPC Kuala Lumpur, uh, Cocoa Beach, um, you know, maybe even a little bit of, um, you know, last week, Bermuda, Sony Open, uh, those courses, a Harbor Town, another short par 71 uh, that's out there. So those are some correlated uh, courses. Uh, so El Camillon is a, you know, less than 7,000 yard par 71, four par threes and um, three par fives. The par fives are all reachable in two. Uh, they're going to be the easiest holes on the course. It's not shocking. Now, unlike, unlike most weeks, uh, the par threes are very short. Uh, you know, only one over 200 yards. Uh, and so I think you know, only one over 160 yards. Uh, and that's going to be right at 200 yards of par three tenth. Only two par fours over 460. Most are in between 400 and 460. Uh, I think there's a, a few, a, a two or three that are going to be under 400 this week. The course is known for like, you know, diverse landscapes, uh, you know, dense jungle vegetation, mangrove forests, oceanside holes, a freaking cave in the middle of the fairway. Um, you know, holes can by the ocean. They can get, you know, very tricky if the wind, uh, if there's going to be wind. But, you know, as golfers move more inland, uh, the wind should affect the ball less. Uh, off the tee, golfers will see different with fairways. But for the most part, they're going to be narrow. And now with all the trouble that lurks around the fairways, golfers, when they're on the tee, they probably think the fairways are a little bit narrower than they actually are. Uh, the 65% hit, uh, 65% of fairways are hit uh, over the years, even though the, the fairways are a bit narrow. It shows to me that, it's going to be a less to driver course. Uh, that's what we usually see here. But then, of course, you know, we thought the same last week. And, you know, a lot of these guys are just bombing it out there. So with this new crop of young boys out there who just get the big stick and let the dog eat, uh, who knows? It, it could change. But for the most part, for the years, this is what we have seen. Uh, there isn't too much rough around the fairways. And it won't be too high or thick. But if golfers miss the fairway by, like, you know, 8, 10 yards, they're going to have to deal with, like, the canals, the sand dunes, mangrove forests you know, the jungle vegetation, uh, you know, and then, you know, if they miss it, they're going to want to hit in the sand dune because everything else is going to be a lot of trouble. Uh, the grass and the greens is seaside past Ballon. Uh, lots of bunkers going to be surrounding them. Greens are fairly large here. Uh, stint meter around 10 and a half. There isn't too much slope or undulation uh, on these greens, but some of them are elevated and have false fronts. Uh, so if they're playing soft, you know, and the pins are up front, you can see some roll off the front. Um, you know, water will be play on almost half the holes, but the main defense is going to be the weather. Um, if the wind blows, expect a lot more difficult of a test. If it doesn't, you can see a lot of birdies. The average birdie rate here, even, even including the ones in the years with windy conditions is 24 birdies for the winner. Uh, I know we had 28 by somebody a few years ago. So if the conditions are good, you're going to see a birdie fest. What are you looking for? Damn. I was just thinking, actually, when you were yelling El Chameleon, they, they could name it the El Toucan at El Chameleon in lieu of the caddy gate that we once fought over back in the day. So we, we could have that set up for this tournament. Uh, Kucher is here, by the way, so we'll talk about him later. But you mentioned most of it. I think one thing definitely to keep an eye on, again, we saw it last week, so it's no joke, but the weather possibility for a wave advantage to try at that angle again, I think you always should anywhere that there could be wind because you never know how it's going to shake out overnight. So I'll definitely be watching that heading into Wednesday night. And then also just, you mentioned the fairways, everybody that talks about it, got to just hit these fairways, put yourself in a position to give yourself those opportunities. So I think that to me, fairways approach, 
a little bit of, you know, par four, par five scoring in general. I, I just think for the most part, all around golfers, we have a much better field than what we've seen. I'm definitely excited for this week. But before we get into the tiers, Kenny, want to remind everyone of the very special offer we have from DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code FGD, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code FGD this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, NJIN or PA only, new customers only, Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so let's get to these tiers, Tambo. We got in the 10K range, Mr. Kepka all the way to JT. Plenty of 10K options this week. How you rolling? I don't remember the last time seeing this many 10, 10K guys, let alone just five-figure in general, when you got JT up at the top, too. So I kind of like how they've done pricing this week. They've spaced it out, made it so you can go a bunch of different directions. I do like some of the guys up here, though. I think, you know, Hovland being the defending champion. I, I mentioned this earlier, the, the podcast there that he did with Rick. Just some crazy stuff, how this guy talks about life in general, uh, analyzing things, being more efficient, Stuff that he reads up on, things that he watches on YouTube, just all kinds of interesting stuff. But it happens uh, to guy, guys who are stoned all the time, you know. So I mean, you know, that's when you're high possible. all the time, you, you think like that, you know. The funny part was he actually said, I don't he said he he watches a bunch of random stuff that he won't tell anyone about. And then Rick kind of got it out of him. He watches like metal gear video reaction videos because he's into heavy metal and he doesn't hear the album first so he wants to watch it with somebody on youtube to get a reaction out of it like they're they're doing reactions to the the video or whatever and he goes and watches it that way and then he also said something about watching guys that do steroids and how it affects the body he's just right off the map man so anyway if you haven't watched it you got to check it out it was by far the best thing I've watched all day. So that was incredible. But he, the thing I'll say about him, Kenny, is I don't know how popular it'll be. Don't really, I don't really care. I kind of like the other guys around him here. You mentioned Bones on the bag. That's, you know, second time coming now. Obviously been on it before in the past for a win. I think that JT makes sense up here, and some may avoid him with the guys that we have underneath that are pretty appealing. So I like JT as the only guy in the 11K range. And I actually like, I really like Abe Answer. He's my guy this week up top here i'm sure he will be for others as well but when you have this many choices i'm going to kind of hone in on this spot here so answer uh, really strong across the board stats wise hits a lot of fairways greens just a complete all-around game this is the perfect tournament i think so i really like him in this spot and then down at the bottom it's a little pricey for these guys but hatton and billy horschel Kind of interesting, just if you go back at the similar type courses, the shorter courses, the stuff that lines up as far as, far as the comp courses, and then, of course, the stats that we're looking at over at Fantasy National. Again, fantasynational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off your first payment. Who do you like up top this week, Kenny? I'll go with my first favorite GPP play up here, even though I do have my cash game cornerstone up here, which you already talked about. But my favorite GPP play up here is going to be Mr. Tony Finau. 
Uh, I know I'm thinking sub 12% ownership with all the other guys that are going to be up here. Uh, I don't think he's going to garner that much ownership. He's coming off an injury. He should be healthy now uh, that he's playing. But when I look at his baseline stats um, for normal, just, you know, no filters, uh, it doesn't look that great. But then when you put in short courses, his baseline stats get tremendously better. Uh, For some reason, everyone thinks Tony as a bomber, which he is, uh, but he plays the short courses pretty damn well. Uh, and with subdued ownership, like I have him at 33rd ranked in my model when you don't put any filters. When you put the filters in, I think he's 12th uh, in, in in short courses. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm going to go and take that risk, uh, you know, try and differentiate myself uh, up here. I do like Tony Finau. He's going to be my highest owned in GPPs. I'm going to be playing Justin Thomas uh, a bunch up there as well. But my first Cascade Cornerstone is going to be Abe Answer. He just fits this course. He has played El Chameleon very, very well uh, over the years. Uh, we've seen guy what Hideki did at the Zozo. I could see him or Ortiz do the same thing um, this week at this course. Uh, they both have great course history. Uh, I'm going with the home favorite as my first cash game cornerstone. Now, in this 9K range, I sort of like Scotty Scheffler a little bit. Another guy, when you take driving accuracy, I forget, I think it was PGA Tout. Uh, put out uh, something where he uh, when he took driving accuracy in, in normal uh, courses and then and then less to driver courses and then less to driver courses, uh, Scheffler hits a lot more fairways. Uh, so yeah, I sort of like him. You know, lots of birdies uh, first and birdies are better gained in the last fifty rounds. You're going to need a ton of birdies here. Top ten in DraftKings points as well. I like Scotty Scheffler a bunch. Uh, he's and I like uh, Gucci Mane. At 9,000, another guy who I think people are going to look at his price and be like, I'm not going to play him. Uh, you know, and he, he's had a really, really strong fall. Another guy who hits a lot more fairways and whose baseline uh, stats improved tremendously on shorter courses. Uh, so I like Gooch as another low owned possible golfer in that 9K range. And my second cash game cornerstone is going to be Mr. Patrick Reed, another guy whose baseline stats improved tremendously on shorter courses. Uh, We saw what he did last week. It looks like he's back from his uh, sickness. His game is there. If the wind picks up, even better. Uh, So I like Patrick Reed as my second cash game cornerstone. Tambo, who are you going with in the 9K range? I've got some of the same, some different around you there, actually. So I'm with you on Scheffler. I didn't know that stat you just mentioned, but that's actually a good point. I think if you know they're dropping down or clubbing down or anything like that, uh, maybe a little bit more accurate. So that makes a ton of sense. But I already like Scheffler anyway. I just think his game all around is so solid. I know the price is up there a little bit for a guy like him, but not realistically when you think about how well he's played. We talked back at the Ryder Cup, uh, things like that. So when he beat Rom the final day, all those factors and just what he's done in the past year, Uh, rookie of the year that he was before that. I I just think he's just a talented golfer that I'm always going to play when he's up in this range. I'm fine with it. I like Lowry a little bit. Another guy, so sort of when you look at these shorter courses, things that he's done, it really stands out. Top 20 in a lot of categories. Top 10 in some of the ones that are big here. Uh, Can definitely have a good all-around game. He's 9,300, so I like him. And then I get the Gooch call. I like some guys in the 8K range. I'll get to in a second more. But above him even, Will Zalatoris. This to me is like a perfect spot because you can get him, you know, the hits fairway, hits green. His his struggle is usually can he make enough putts and prices down a little bit from some of the guys above him. 9,100 still a little bit much. But when you think about just maybe the little bit slower greens, things like that, just the resort style course, 
I think he could make some sense at 9,100. Uh, let me take us into the 8K range, though, because I like a lot of guys in here. I've only mentioned four or five in this upper range. The guys I like here are in the 8K range stand out quite a bit to me. So Tringali, just all-around game across the board. Realistically, it probably seems expensive for him, but he's changed his game. You and I have talked about this plenty on this very show. You can, you know, got to at some point get over it that he's just a better golfer. At 8,900, it's a fair price. Fitzpatrick. Priced way down now from what he was. Again, of course, the field strength changed. But I think, you know, you go back to, we talk about it, Harbortown. Places like that where you can play well. Um, Fitzpatrick at 8,800 seems like a pretty good discount that we're getting here. Coming off the 30th in Bermuda where there was already comparisons to things like Harbortown and weather and all the stuff that he would play well in. I think we have a lot of similarities here with him. And then dropping down, there's guys at the bottom of the 8K range I like a ton. Um, Henley, for sure, stands out to me. He's another guy, just all-around game. You go to some of the comp courses, think Sony Open. That's a big one that comes up. I know there's been a lot of talk about that. Keegan Bradley, another guy, again, slow, just got to make the putts. It's always the same situation. But, if you know, there's other guys priced down below I think are almost like Keegan for cheaper. So do what you want with him, but I like him. Henley's one of the guys I like the most there. And then Alex Noren. Alexander Noren there makes, you know, an 8,400, a guy that can fit pretty much any style roster that you're building and he's got the stats. He's got the talent. He definitely has the upside. I like him at 8,400. He's, he's been playing some better golf, uh, especially in the playoffs to round out the season. So I think Norin, Bradley, Henley, some of those guys above at the top, Tringali, Fitzpatrick, all, those five really for me, Kenny, are where I'm at in this 8K range. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I like Tringali up top. I'm going to play him. Um, I like, um, I like Maverick a little bit. He's been playing decent golf here uh, recently. Of course, you know, it, we'll see how it goes. It seems like it's a, uh, the fall is when Maverick is going to have his breakout. I, I like him uh, this week. Keegan, I like Henley. I like Henley it, it pops in all the models, short course, long course, everything I'm looking for uh, in this event that, you know, he works out for me. So I like, I like Henley. Henley's probably going to be my favorite play uh, in the AK range. I like Sergio. Now the stats won't, show you too much you know especially if you go last 50 rounds but you know as a guy who's one of the best tee to green who you know can still hit it far but still is a supremely accurate off the tee i like sergio with a strong iron game that he normally has uh i will go with sergio uh in, in this range so i do like a lot of these guys in this range as well but but i like henley the best uh in the 7k range of course i mean Chalk City is going to be Joaquin Neiman. He's going to be my third cash game cornerstone. The price is too low, uh, in my opinion. I, it's just, you know, it's just really, really too low. Again, another guy who gains a lot more, who hits a lot more fairways on shorter courses. Uh, so when you go less than driver, uh, his driving accuracy becomes uh, exponentially better. I think I'm looking at the stat from PGA Tout, um, and he's, he's 89th in fairways gained in this field, um, you know, regular. Uh, no, no um, yardage under 7,200 yards. He is 46. So he's gained 43 spots uh, in that. So, you know, he, he gets better uh, on these short. If the wind blows, he has a low ball flight. He's made the cut here before. I think he finished top 25. If I'm not mistaken. I think he's 23rd. I could be wrong uh, about that. I'm not looking at looking at it right now, but uh, you know, it, it just makes sense. He doesn't miss many cuts, uh, you know, at $7,800 in cash. I, you know, you just want to make cut really with, with upside potential and he has the upside potential, you know, the guy, the kid is a great golfer. Uh, so, you know, I do like him. Uh, didn't he, wasn't he in the Sony open? Wasn't that the one where he was eating with, with, um, with uh, Sergio? Sergio? Was it, was that the event? 
No, or am I, I mistaken? It was, the, it was the Sony. It was the Sony. Yeah, it, it was, was the Sony, right? And, 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 you know, yeah. the Sony is definitely a comp course to this. You know, I could see fading in the GBPs. I could see that because it's got to be like 25, 30% ownership for, for him yeah. at this price. I could see it. Uh, I mean, I'm going to play him, uh, but I, mean, I could see it. Other guys I do like here, Seamus Power, another guy who I'm going to go with, um, you know, in this range. Uh, again, like when it comes to his numbers, um, he's he's very, very strong. I mean, especially in the last 50, tons of birdies, tons of drafting points. One of the best on par fours in this field in the last 50 rounds. Ortiz, like I said earlier, I'm going Viva La Mexico uh, down here. I think these guys can go ahead and they're going to be playing in front of their home crowd. They're going to be extra motivated. You saw, I think they have like four or five top tens between them at this event in the last few years between Anson and Ortiz. Uh, we saw it with, Hideki winning the Zozo. It's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. And these guys are extremely talented. Both wins under their belt. Uh, so I do like Ortiz a lot. Um, who do you like? I, I'm going back with Lucas um, at $7,500. The price is extremely cheap. I got him at 130 to one, um, you know, in, in DraftKings Sportsbook. And if, you know, and it, I, you know, it's not like he's one of these kids who goes out and wins an event who's going to go out and, you know, He's well, he won a couple on the European tour this past year. The wins are, are not new to him. Like if Harry Hayes goes out there and wins an event and he plays next week, you know, he's probably going to reek of the Tito's and soda uh, on the tee box on the first hole when he tees off on Thursday for the next event. That guy, I can, I can, I can see not playing him after a win. Uh, but Herbert doesn't seem like that guy to me. Uh, I think he won both of his events on the, um, on the European tour. I don't know if they were back to back. Uh, but they're pretty close. They're like right near each other. Let me double check here. Um, actually, I lied. They're not. But anyways, <laughs> still, still, I, I still like him. Uh, I, I'm gonna, he played a, a heck of a round. A heck of, and, you know, Bermuda, it's similar short course. He did his thing. Uh, if he drives the ball like he did uh, and uses the big stick like he did uh, at a short course or Bermuda and doesn't hear and hits the fairways, I mean, shoot, he could do it again. Uh, who do you like in this top range? Yeah, the one thing I want to talk about on Neiman real quick, we didn't talk about Mito, who's just 300 bucks more. I didn't want to name everyone in that range, but Mito's got similar betting odds, uh, has been on a run of his own, just playing some extremely good golf. So uh, you could have your pivot right there. He's probably going to carry some ownership too. But the thing about Neiman, we know how tough these six out of sixes have been to get, Kenny. Yeah. And man, this just feels like, I know it's golf, and you can just play anyone around him and get the leverage that way and so many reasons to go against it, but you don't have to. You can get different in so many other places. The guy has one missed cut on the PGA Tour since August of 2020, and that's on like 25 events or 30 events. He has the upside when he gets into the mix. He, he's gone bogey-free for tournaments, only to loot like a couple second places in there where he should have probably won it if he wasn't eating hot dogs, chilling on the sidelines with Sergio at the Sony, like you mentioned, and then the other tournament, just unlucky after he was bogey-free the entire event, and his first bogey was on the 73rd hole. So that kind of sucked for him, but... I'm just saying that price is just really crazy when you think about it. Some other guys around him, Seamus Power, who you mentioned, always like him. So I like Power, Ortiz. I mentioned earlier you can get you can get Keegan for cheaper. His name's Emiliano Grillo. You can play him at 7,500. He's uh, ranking out really well across plenty of rounds at the comp courses and all the stats that go together with this. So I think he's a really good play at 7,500. Varner, little baby swag, right? We can get him out into action here at 7,400. Vegas, Hadwin, 
Hadwin sets up well for fairways and greens. That's kind of what he does. When he gets through and makes the cut, he can give you a little bit of upside, but he's a good putter. And like I said, if there's an opportunity here to make some more putts and just you know slow down those greens a little bit, things that could set up well for him. Him, Harmon, both make sense at the $7,300 price tag. Your boy, uh, Russell Knox, I think he's a good play again. And then going down the board, a couple others, the two guys that mostly get confused because they're named Brendan, Brendan, and it's Todd and Steele down there at the bottom. If you wanted to go back to Pendrith, uh, I wouldn't be against it. I also wouldn't hate, you and I have talked about this plenty in the past, but what are your thoughts on Pat Perez, resort course? Sneaky. Yeah, Perez is definitely a fan of this course. I think he won here in the past, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I definitely I think it was roster, 2018, yeah. I'd, I'd roster Pat Perez here. I, I like him. Russell Knox is going to be my final cash game cornerstone. Really good Sunday last week. Uh, he's made like eight, eight every cut here. I think he's played here eight or nine times. He's made the cut almost every time. Uh, I think he's, he's a nice little place. So my, uh, you know, iron game, of course, is always going to be his strong suit. Hits a ton of greens, uh, which is very, very important on this course. And so I'm going to go ahead. So my cash game cornerstones going to be uh, Abe answer at 10, seven um, Reed at nine, five. Neiman at seven eight, and Knox at seven three still leaves you like fourteen seven uh, to finish out your other line, the rest of your lineups. And going back to Lucas Herbert, when he won at the Irish last year, uh, he, he the following week he finished fourth in Scotland. Uh, so it's not like he doesn't know how to how to perform on back to back weeks after a win. Uh, so so I do like him. Of like I said earlier, CT Pan. I know he burned a lot of people last time he was in. I think his ownership is going to be very, very small. Uh, his only win, I think, was at the Heritage, if I'm not mistaken, with another par 71 short course. Uh, so I do like C.T. Pan uh, as another low-owned guy down here. Uh, Brendan Todd, of course, is another guy I will play. This seems like his type of course. Fairways and greens, that's what he's good at. Um, I do like uh, – I like Steele. I don't like Joel Dahman. Uh, he's played this course pretty, pretty well. Uh, over the years. So I am a fan of Mr. Joel Dahman and the bucket hat. Uh, I'm going to go with him uh, this week. Again, really strong with birdies, especially uh, on shorter courses. I mean, top 20 and birdies are better. Uh, top 10 in drafting points in the last 50 rounds on short, under 70, 200 yard uh, courses. Uh, you know, top five in strokes game par fours in these shorter courses. I like Joel. I think he makes sense in cash as one of your lowest price guys. Hint, hint. Uh, so I do like Mr. Joel uh, down here. You could probably guess my cash line on that because I talked about, you know, Viva la Mexico and then uh, and then Mr. Dahman. So go ahead. And, you know, there we go. I didn't say it, so I'm not breaking any rules. The swing, the swing season, man. But, they just give but, it all away. It's perfect. But you can tell, I mean, because no one's watching. Everyone's watching football, you know. Yeah. Or, Told or, you that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm watching football right now because I really need Mahomes to, to run for about 17 more yards so I can win this money. Um, so if you see me looking like this, I'm not trying to, I'm not doing neck stretches. I'm watching the game on my other little TV down there. Uh, but but uh, so I like him. Um, and now let's go down to the 6k range. The thing is, you know, if I'm going to play JT, if I'm going to play Finau and maybe even play Hovland, uh, up there, you know, I gotta have some guys down here and it's not like there's not, uh, when we go down into this range, I'll play Danny Lee again. The guy, other than those three holes, he looked freaking amazing, uh, you know, for the last couple of rounds and, and him bouncing back. Because we know, I, I, I don't know if I can say this nowadays, but occasionally it seems like Danny Lee could be a little bit of a head case. Uh, you know, we saw when he had like the 18 putt 
from four feet at like the US Open, uh, you know, a couple years ago. And he just withdrew. He's like, yeah, I'm out. Uh, he did he did that at like a um, at a, um, a Monday Q, I think, or something like that, where he, where he just like, ah, I'm done. And it looked like he was about to do that again uh, on on Sunday, but he bounced back and, and, you know, and, and that shows a little something to me, you know, like, you know, this guy is not just, you know, a basket case. He can, he can get his focus back um, when he loses his mind for, you know, 45 minutes, you know, getting it back. And that was pretty impressive uh, to me. So I, I'm going to ride a little Danny. Lee. I like Dylan Fratelli, pretty decent week last week, played well here uh, in the past, not your typical prototypical golfer that you would like normally see to think would do well uh, on this course, but I think top 25 last year. Um, and so, you know, I can, I can get down at, at $6,800 for him. Vincent Whaley. We're going back to Vince, uh, you know, another guy on short courses, uh, you know, if the wind picks up, he's pretty good in the wind. We saw it. Uh, so, so I like Whaley down here. Uh, if you go down a little bit more, who else did I like down here? Go ahead, Tambo, and I'll go later. Yeah, I was going to say, Damon earlier, who you mentioned at 7K, I forgot to mention him, but he'll come up later in my bets. I do like him this week. The Corrales win, too, in wind, I think is something to look at and just resort style and all that. So, you know, just playing some good golf in general always has upside. But one thing I'll definitely say here, Kenny, is there's a lot of guys that we could name in the 6K range because it's much stronger than normal. But there were so many guys that we named in the 7K range that were viable that we actually really like that I could see some strategy this week and just not dipping too far into the 6K range. Again, like you mentioned, some of the construction would cause for it to be a necessity where you can go to these guys. But even then, I'll go to a couple here. Tom Hoagie. Really good at the Zozo, 17th. Before, he's on a mini heater, like 32nd, 14th. I got fourth back at the Northern Trust. He can play some good golf. I like him. Chris Kirk seems pretty underpriced for a, at least a made cut and then has some upside from there. So I like his game across the board. And when you look at his stats over the long term on similar style courses, these shorter courses and whatnot, he gets some of the most rounds of any guys down here in this range in the last year or so. And really good numbers across the board. Top 20 in pretty much every category. So I like him. Bryce Garnett has done pretty well. I think he makes some sense down here at his price tag. Tyler Duncan. You could start taking, this is what I'm saying though. Then you're getting a little bit off the board where you can bake up a narrative or some stats or some good results in some of these names. Kyle Stanley. Talk about all of them, but I like betting them and hoping for some upside or some top 20s with them more than I think... Uh, plugging that many of them in my lineups. I'll say that. Anybody else you got down here? or Who else do you want to talk about in this range? Yeah, I like Chris Kirk. I think he makes sense at this course. I like Ryan Moore, another guy, fairway plotter, uh, who seems like he could do well here. Uh, Davis Baba O'Reilly. Uh, I'm a fan of him. Uh, he played pretty well this past weekend. I like his game. Uh, stats won't show, but he's been a pretty good amateur player. Uh, so I, I'll take a little 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 nugget of uh, Bob O'Reilly there. And then uh, uh, Svensson, like I talked about with Ted Scott on the bag. We'll see if that helps him out. Pretty good, pretty decent showing last week. Respectable. Uh, you know, I'll go with the Canadian down there with Svensson. All right. Good. I don't, I don't have too many else. Like I said, there's a lot of good names down in this range, so I don't hate people playing them. I just think that it's, you know, you got to have everything else go right. And when we talked so heavily about that lower 7K range and even some of the guys in the upper six, this high 6.8 and above 6.7, I could just stay in that range, build your lineups, and hopefully have some better six out of six equity and then hope to get the upside over the weekend as the, the tournament goes on. All right, that sounds good. Let's go to bets. Uh, I went overboard this week. 
with with my bets. Uh, uh, here's the thing: I took a lot of long shots. Uh, you know, I only got th- I bet three golfers. I'll, I bet seven golfers over eighty to one, and then I'm going three golfers under eighty to one. I'm I have a ten person card, so make fun of me, laugh at me, throw shit. At, uh, man, it's another dollar. Uh, in, in the swear jar, throw throw stuff at me. You can laugh. I'm that's just what I'm doing this week. Uh, probably because I want to win and I hate having runner ups and I want to murder somebody every time I get a runner up. And I'm watch, I'll probably have like two or three. I'll bet you'll be there'll be like a, a three way tie for a second and I'll have three of these guys on here. That's probably what's going to happen. Uh, but let's go ahead. I'm going 20 feet out, 20 to one. Patrick Reed, 35 to one. Joaquin, the dream, Neiman, 45 to one. And the rest are bombs. We're going uh, Ortiz, 80 to one. Herbert, 130 to one. Davis, Baba O'Reilly, 200 to one. Adam Svensson, 300 to one. Mr. Scott Stallings, we didn't talk about him. 10 under on, on Sunday in absurdly hard conditions. I think he beat this, the, 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 the average score that day by like 10 strokes. Uh, so I will go with Scott Stallings at 140 to 1. Russell Knox, 100 to 1. Danny Lee, 130 to 1. So you see how I'm betting it. They're all huge long shots, a, a couple over 200 to 1 uh, out there. So, yes, lots of bets. I'm going a 10-person card. I'm not going to add to it for this week. This is going to be my card. Uh, but only three under 80 to one. We're doing long shot week this week. You don't, you don't want to add any more to that list? I, I think I'm good, dog. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. I, I said plenty. earlier, this is how you get, this is how when you make a statement that I'm going to pick 10 winners this season, mm. this is how you increase your odds at picking exactly, 10 winners. Exactly, bro. 10 hey, guys. hey, but here's the thing. Like, but the thing is, like, how many 100 to one winners do you get? I have six in my card this week. So I, the odds aren't that great, but I just, I just got a feeling that's going to be somebody from down low when it comes to it. We've seen, you know, I, unless, you know, Finau or Reed or um, Neiman want to win. If they want to win, that's cool with me too. Yeah. But other than that, give, give, be, give me a long shot. Be, uh, give me a long shot this week. It's going to be JT or Hovland by a touchdown or something instead. That would suck. Yeah. That's going to be horrible, but yeah. Here's the thing. I got th- Here's the thing. All those bets that I have, I bet the amount I usually better on hundred dollars a week. This is way less than a hundred dollars a week. I'm at like $77 a week trying to win like 500 bucks. Uh, I'm like, I'm at 70. I'm like, so I'm like 20 over $20 less amount bet than a normal week with 10 people that I bet on. Right. No, that's good. I, like you said, you got a lot of long shots. So hopefully one of them gets there and then you're good to roll. You don't have to worry about it. You're on to the next week. So uh, for me answer, I got 26 to one. I like that bet. Neiman, I got at 60, so a pretty good number there. I know it dropped at a lot of places already, so I took that one. Uh, Knox, though, I didn't get a bet. You had 100. I only got him at 75. Mm-hmm. Grillo at 80. Joel Damon at 110. And then I said earlier, I thought we are going to bear off on the show. Just I know you'd hate this, but, but Kyle Stanley, 175. I'm definitely going to top 20 that because he's not winning. But you never know. Crazy things have happened. Shit, Patrick Rogers almost won last week, and then he didn't. So that's probably what would happen if Kyle Stanley was in the same area or in the realm of having the potential to win. And then lastly, Tyler Duncan, 275 to 1. Again, remembering got the each way on those guys from 60 to 1 and up, and then answers just straight up. So we'll see what we can do this week, Kenny. 
And just remember, I don't have the each way on any of my guys. So you want to some top some, <laughs> some top twenties out there or something like that on those bombs. Uh, then that might not be the worst play in the world, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going straight outright. Give me a winner. Give me a winner. I feel it. Tony Fino win. Tony Fino is going to win. All right. Anything else? You can, I don't think so. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. Use promo code DGEN20. Save 20% off a membership to Gup's Corner. Uh, this includes all sports, not just golf. Uh, Gup had a huge week this past week in college football. They've been crushing it in college football, in NASCAR, in MMA. Go check it out. It also includes a risk-free seven-day trial just to test the site out. So go to gupscorner.com. Yeah, same style situation. You can find me on Twitter at Toteg and Tambo. Add me up there. Hit me up if you have any questions, want to know anything. And then, of course, Run Pure Sports. Wearing the gear, mentioned it. Head on over to runpuresports.com. Use promo code DGEN50. Get yourself 50% off your first month. Again, all sports, everything I'm doing, especially if you want to follow my stuff for NFL. Had a big week, Kenny, in NFL. You talked about it earlier, but that was a nice way to round up my week. Two King of the Beach tickets to round one. So hoping I can get through to the top 75. Head on down to Fort Lauderdale and get some good eats, good food, good drinks, all that stuff, and maybe win some money. So uh, maybe I'll just roll with you. When, when is that? Can I just come with you and hang out? First week of December. So we'll see. Yeah, it depends on what the guest list is like. There's a lot of hopefuls. So maybe if I can get two through, that would be a better situation where it definitely could include you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I start a new job like on the end of November, so I probably can't miss it. But, anyways, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, all right. So. Whatever this event is called, it should be a fun week. I'm always a fan of this course. I thought it was a Houston Open this week, and I was like, eh, I'm good. But it's my Coba. I like this course. I'm going to pick a winner this week. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.